Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And a whole new attitude to your afternoon. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. You know, two dudes talking sports. Well, wait, listen to those two clowns. You can't do nothing but get your roll on. Live from News Talk 1480 WHBC. It's a household name. It's a vibe action. It's the Kenny and JT Show. Have a great show. Sounds really good as we're coming to you live from the corner of 6th and Market, beautiful downtown Canton, Ohio. Sunny, a little bit chilly, 39 degrees in downtown right now, Kenny. Sunshine, though, makes it feel about uh, 40 degrees. So that's wonderful. Um, if you get my drift on that, another oh. degree warmer is always a positive thing. And so uh, enjoy the sunshine and enjoy the non-rainy, snowy weather in March. Right. The other thing we don't have to worry about is it's NFL Franchise Tag Day. I don't think anybody's tagging you or I. No, we're, we're not getting tagged. No. We don't have to worry about that. The Browns, who would they tag? If you could tag a Brown, wow. which Brown like that, well. that has his contract up would you tag? Is there anybody worth tagging? I, I don't think so because right now they've got enough guys that are in double figures in the millions. Right. Um, I, I think it's more important for them to cut salary and to restructure some salaries rather than anybody that's worthy of being tagged. They're only allowed to tag one player. Uh, and, you know, everybody's just wondering what they're going to do in Baltimore. I don't think the Browns, it's not even on their docket today, right? No, I, there's not a player that has a contract up that no. is worth tagging. So I don't think they're even considering that. I think like you, they are trying to figure out, all right, uh, can we cut salary from Antonio and Teller and Deshaun Watson and, and mm -hmm. Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb and any of these guys to get us to where we need to get to so we can go out and get some help that we need at the wide receiver position and at the defensive tackle position. Those are their two biggest needs, in my opinion. I agree with that to an extent, but I think they've got some question marks on that offensive line as well. And it's not just, I wouldn't say, you know, if you're going to say question mark, you might want to say dollar sign, and maybe they're overpaying a couple of these guys. I'm tired of hearing how talented this offensive line is, and yet you only win seven and eight games every year. I think the biggest weakness on this team as far as the offensive line goes, is left tackle. It's the most important position on the line, and I have been underwhelmed by the play of Jedrick Wills being a first-round pick, and, mm -hmm. and they passed on uh, the worst kid who went healthy is, uh, is a pro well, goal player. The, that's the and, problem. Neither one of them stay healthy. Yeah. Neither does Jack Conklin for that matter no, either. So, I mean, when you look at either side, either tackle, you're, you're – at least the good thing is you've got Jed Will still on his rookie deal. He might be the one that you might want to consider if you want to extend his contract, and I don't know if they're going to go down that path or not. You could do a lot worse than him. All I'm saying is for what we know, and it's not much because we only got to see our quarterback for six games, it may not be conducive to the type of offense we want to run the way these guys block. And to make matters even worse, what did I have been telling you for the last week or so, and we see it yesterday because of the NFL Combine, you start hearing all these different stories. Right. Derrick Henry on the chopping block, I shouldn't say chopping block, on the trade block possibly from the Tennessee Titans. They want to move on from a guy like Derrick Henry. Why can't the Browns move on from Nick Chubb? 
Derrick Henry, the amount of carries and punishment he took, I think they're looking at him that his shelf life is almost up. And it's better to trade a guy a year early than a year late, right? And the amount of money that he's making. And I don't know what their cap situation is in Tennessee. Nick Chubb is not hurting the Browns cap-wise, salary-wise. He's not. He's about the sixth highest paid Brown, I think, or seventh, something like that, even though he's in double digits in millions. Um, And he's your best all-around player, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, If it meant getting a number one wide receiver, okay, or a number one game-changing defensive lineman, I'm with you. Then I consider trading uh, Nick Chubb. But if it's not going to get me the best player Mm -hmm. uh, on the team or close to it, I'm still not giving up on Nick Chubb. He's got a very friendly contract. He's about the eighth or ninth highest paid player, but he's still making a little bit over. Uh, His average salary is $12 million a year. But think in terms of this. Forget about the draft. You have to deprogram yourself from the draft because we don't have any first-round draft picks. So what you're going to try to do is you're going to try to be creative. You're going to try to package something, and you're going to try to get another player. Forget about a draft pick. You want somebody that's a player. You're going to try to bring in a Donovan Mitchell to this team. How do you do that? Talking about a basketball player. They made one of the best trades, the biggest trades, one of the biggest splashes on the trade market in the offseason in the NBA. If the Browns consider what they need a top priority versus this draft, we have to forget about the draft. What we need to do is you need to try to be creative, and you package that second-round draft pick and Nick Chubb, and you go get somebody. Who is that somebody? Give me a name. Great question. Whoever they need. Whoever they feel is the best player that gives them the best possible chance to win. See, I've got to have somebody, again, that if they were to trade for him, Donovan Mitchell's the best player on the Cavaliers, so they traded mm-hmm. for their best player, okay? Darius Garland's good. Evan Mobley's got potential. Um, yeah, Jared Allen was an all-star last year, not this year. There's, but no, no question about it, and we saw it last night. We're going to get to the Cavs here in a second. Donovan Mitchell and Lamar Stevens uh, willed that team to a victory yep. last night when they almost got blown out by mm-hmm. the backups of the Boston Celtics. Well, if I'm trading Nick Chubb, and again, I think he's your best player, then I need to get the best player in return still on my team that's better than Miles Garrett, that's better than Deshaun Watson, if I'm giving up who I think is the Browns' best player. He's your best player because your quarterback hasn't been the best player. The best player on that team is supposed to be Deshaun Watson. That's why they paid him the money. Now, he should be. We hope he will be. We have to cross our fingers because in six games, a lot of us thought, this guy's going to light the league on fire. Didn't do it played maybe one quarter, right, that we looked at and said, this guy could be the future, right? We know the shelf life is short for running backs. If he's the best player last year, there's no guarantees he'll be the best player next year, and I'm talking about Nick Chubb. I hate to see him go, but if you can make the team better, you've got to try to do something. You have to orchestrate a deal to get a player that's capable of playing the way that Amari Cooper played last year. Well, that's fine. And, again, is I'll, I'll ask the callers if they want to comment on this. If you want to trade Nick Chubb, you've got to give me a name. I need a name who you're willing or you want to go to. You say, you know what, this team, uh, there are rumors that they want to get rid of their best player. Who is that well, team? Who is that best player in order to package Nick Chubb Here's the thing something? you have to consider then. Because the only thing we hear right now are the guys that are going to be on the free agent market, not trade bait, not guys that are out there wanting to be traded or somebody that can be traded for. 
You have to be creative and go get somebody. Let's go grab somebody. I don't want to see a team like the Kansas City Chiefs and they don't know whether or not they're going to franchise tag Orlando Brown or not. I want to go make a deal for an Orlando Brown, somebody that can anchor that line. You, you think about an Orlando Brown, you think about a guy that's used to playing with a scrambling quarterback, right? Yep. Should help, should be conducive, we think, to maybe Deshaun Watson's game. All I'm saying is, if there's a short shelf life, and I hate to see him go, and he's with the best running back, arguably, since Jim Brown, you got to make this team better somehow because you don't have any first-round draft picks. And for that matter, our history of taking guys in the first round isn't that good anyway. Yeah, again, I haven't looked because I don't want to trade him. You do. You're thinking about, you know, trying to better. I'm fine keeping Nick Chubb. I, I want to go out without giving up my best player and better this team through salary uh, restructuring to create cap room and signing a free agent. And then, uh, you know, in the draft in that second round, targeting a defensive tackle, a wide receiver, or a safety I want right all there of the above, Kenny. Keep- I'm right there with you, but what I'm saying is this. If he's the best player on the team, then a lot of other teams probably consider the same. And you should probably get more than just maybe one player for him. I'm not saying a straight-up deal for Nick Chubb. I'm saying let's dangle that out there a little bit, throw in that second-round pick, what is it, number 43, and see if Well, actually, you know what? We're wrong because there's a team in the first round that doesn't have a pick. So that means the 42? Browns get to move up. Yeah, it's the 43rd okay. pick technically, but right. it's 42nd overall. Okay, so my point is this. If you package that together and you move up, maybe you get multiple players for whatever that second-round pick is and Nick Chubb. Yeah, I, 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 you and I are on opposite sides on this. I, I'm, you I'm think, keeping you know, Nick no, Chubb. You have to think outside the box. You have, to, you have to think of it and say, if other teams can do the same, why can't we – and how much better are we with the best player on our team? We can't get to the playoffs. I, I'm tired of sitting around when other teams are in the playoffs just because we've got the best running back or one of the best running backs in the league. Carolina did it. They made trades. They sent McCaffrey over to the 49ers. They're rebuilding. How do you not rebuild when you can't get to the playoffs? Well, I think what they want to do, they want to run it back with the offense they have. They don't want to upset the apple cart. That they've got be. their quarterback. They've got their running back. They've got their number one, at least, wide receiver and their number one tight end who had a nice year in David Njoku, right? The offensive line, you get everybody back healthy. You get this is probably the last year, I think, for um, uh, the right tackle. It's his Conklin, right? So uh, I think they want to run it back him. with that offense. They extended him. Who knows how long that'll be? I, exactly. Knows. That's my point. Yeah. that Because, it, you know, as we've talked about, uh, before contracts don't really matter, right? Because you can always get out from underneath them. Contracts so that, don't that's... matter, and I don't believe the salary cap matters either. There's a will, there's a way. They'll manipulate everything until they get to where they want to be they, without being facetiously over the salary cap. All right, let's go from that, a team that needs to maybe make a splash via free agency, the draft, or a trade, to a team last night that um, – <sighs> Boy, JT, I watched the entire game last night, and they played a team that they should have blown out by 15 points, minus three starters, second night of a back-to-back. That uh, game the night before was an overtime game that they lost uh, to the New York Knicks, and they're down 12 or 14 points at halftime. They look like dog crap, Rhoda, mm-hmm. uh, into the fourth quarter, 
And then Donovan Mitchell and Lamar Stevens uh, willed this team to a come-from-behind victory over the Boston Celtics uh, last night. What was it, 118-114, to 114, I think the final mm-hmm. was, right? And uh, it was a, a much-needed win. Uh, it was uh, an effort in the last quarter in overtime that was pretty good, but for three quarters, they, they got a lot of cleaning up to do, man. They, they shouldn't be struggling to beat a team like that at home. So you're going from one frustrating team to another. That was yeah, the most right frustrating now. game to watch of all time. But that's the way they've played all season long. And for whatever reason, to not get up for the team that you just got drilled by the other night, and I know they had a backdoor cover in Boston, but with no yeah. Jason Tatum, without Williams in the, set, in the middle, the, the problem with yesterday's game is they should have come out firing. They should have wanted to put that team away and not be down by 15 points almost the entire game. And I look at this and I what is wrong with Jared Allen all of a sudden? Two games in a row, he goes from five points to four points. And you know what went through my mind last night and the frustration, which what? is the Cleveland Cavaliers? What? No Jared Allen in the fourth quarter. What did that resemble? What did that remind you of? No Kevin Love in the fourth quarter last year. No Kevin Love in an overtime game. Jared Allen just came in for the rebound. Uh, who's the dude that missed the foul shots? You got so lucky to win that game last yeah. night. Williams last night yes. at the line. And how about Donovan Mitchell during the delay walking up to him and saying something, and Williams tells him, I'm going to make both of them. Yeah. And he missed both of them, and the Cavaliers lucky uh, to escape regulation and get it to overtime, and they eventually win that game in overtime. So, yeah, great that they didn't quit. Don't get me wrong, okay? And my son was saying, oh, Dad, you got to look at the glass half full. They found a way to win. And that's true, and they're now 7-0 and in overtime, okay? And that speaks volumes that, hey, they can get it to overtime, uh, they've won games in overtime. They feel confident, uh, just like the Guardians this past year, and last at bat wins. So that that's good. But they have their three starters back. If Al Horford and Williams and uh, Brown, who Tatum, right? Uh, if they're healthy, they don't win that game playing the way they did last night. Maybe and you don't know. That team shot lights out in the first half. They they hit thirteen threes in the first half alone. Teams unconscious, you're going to lose. But to not answer the bell and get up for that team and play a little bit better or more inspired on the defensive end, it just seemed as though Boston could get whatever they wanted whenever they wanted in that first half. They did. And 68 points in the first half is what they gave up. And that's unacceptable. At home against a a team down three starters on the second of a back-to-back and it was an overtime game and you're sitting there resting and waiting for them and donovan mitchell went off for 40 points and you was was it overtime or double overtime left which game was the it was single they went double Uh, overtime against the knicks that's what the problem was this jared allen i i can't understand i can't fathom the fact the guy was an all-star a year ago and he's not giving you any quality minutes he's not scoring the ball he gets pushed around man that you you talked about this months ago, that they're just not physical enough. Jarrett Allen, man, he just gets knocked. Remember when somebody used to come out and hit you low with their hips, and you just go flying yep. out of the lane. Yeah, he they, flails around like he, he's just like a ninety-eight pound weakling on the bat on the on the beach. Here's the thing. He is who he is. Nothing is going to change this season with that. Hopefully. 
getting pushed around like that will get him into the weight room and put some more weight and muscle on so next year he doesn't get pushed around as much. So now you know uh, certain teams and matchups. And there are, for whatever reason, there are certain teams that you match up great against and there are certain teams that you don't match up great. So as a head coach, you know what you have to know? You have to know when one of your players doesn't match up well against the team and not be afraid to take him out. So I give him credit for leaving Lamar Stevens in and taking Jared Allen out because Lamar Stevens got six offensive rebounds last night, ended up with eight total, eight points, hit a huge three down the stretch, and they don't win. As good as Donovan Mitchell was, 40 points, and he had a thunderous dunk yesterday, right? right? Posterized somebody. As good as he was, they don't win that game without Allen on the bench and Lamar Stevens in the game. So as much as we get on JB, I give him credit for finding the right group last night to get them back in the game and win that game. Absolutely. I mean, he finally found somebody on the bench that could answer the bell. And, and to be honest with you, Levert's been playing decent last couple, four or five games anyway. They're 3-3 three and three since the All-Star break. This guy's giving you everything you want from the bench. He's getting you 8 to 10 points a night. Don't know what else you can ask for. Plays pretty decent defense when everybody else was slacking. Uh, you finally found somebody in Stevens to answer the bell, and he played well down the stretch, and you don't win it without him. You're absolutely right. The six offensive boards, eight overall. He only played 13 minutes, I think, and he had eight points. And we've been begging for somebody to take the reins in that second unit. And let's face it, whether or not Boston played their starters or not, it's quite obvious that their bench is a lot stronger than ours. Okay, oh, yeah. So once you went to the bench and they had their bench players that could be probably starting in most of the other teams in the East – that's a good team. That's a good, solid team. So it is a good victory. I'm not saying, but it's just so frustrating to watch when you're supposedly, they keep telling, it's like the Browns. They tell us how great we are. Keep telling us how good we are defensively, and yet that team scores 68 points in the first half. I'm not buying it. JT, there was a stretch where they had three offensive possessions that were back-to-back-to-back turnovers, Mm -hmm. and they were awful turnovers. Um, they they tried to run an offensive play on the left side of the floor in front of the Celtics bench. There was no room because everybody was bunched up, and it ended up in a turnover. Then Darius Garland tries to take the best defensive player in the NBA last year, Marcus Smart, one-on-one. Smart picked his pocket, went the other way. They turned it over another time, and I'm tweeting this out, you know, uh, horrible offensive possession. As bad as that last possession was, this one was worse. As bad as those last two were, I mean, it was so bad, and they were lucky to win. And I did tweet out one thing yesterday in watching the game. I was getting into some Twitter wars with people um, that – as bad as they were playing, they still have a chance to win this game when they were down 10 points in the fourth quarter because look at what Boston, and they showed the graphic last night, Boston has blown at least mm-hmm. eight double-digit leads in the right. second half this season and in the fourth quarter. So that was their saving grace, and sure enough, Boston down the stretch, and yeah, they were minus three starters, they they gave it to you, man, and Good for Cleveland that they yeah. took it. Saving grace is the fact that you just talked about it. Double overtime the night before, overtime last night, they were spent. It was over. But there were so many things that point back to J.B. Bickerstaff at the end of this game where you really could have easily lost this one. Had you been on the road, you definitely lose. I don't care how tired that other team is. Uh, when they couldn't inbound the ball, they had to throw it the length of the court. Oh and Donovan God. Mitchell had to go back and get it. I mean, these are certain things there. You should have a play where you get the ball in the forecourt, run a play – Give me a missed shot or something. They couldn't inbound the ball. That drives me just 
bonkers when I see a team that doesn't have anything that's written down and you can't inbound the ball. To me, it should be the easiest thing because I know where I'm going. The defender has no idea, and you should be able to get the ball inbounds. They couldn't do it. Luckily, Williams misses those two foul shots. We go to overtime, and of course, like you mentioned, 7-0 and now in overtime games, and that's a huge win last night because you hold off the Knickerbockers. Yeah, you're a game and a half up on them. It'll be a game after tonight. They're at home. They've got Charlotte tonight. They'll beat Charlotte yep. tonight. So you'll still be a game up with 15. Wait, what is that? They're 41 and uh, 25 or 41 and 26. What, what's uh, I forget what their record is, but they've got either 15 or 16 games left this season. And so the, the, Cavs, the Knicks. The Cavs, yeah. are Knicks. Cavs are 41 26. The Knicks are okay. 39 27. They'll be 40 and 27 tonight. All right, so the Cavs, 50, so they both have 15 games left, so Cavaliers are going to have to earn this. The Knicks aren't going to give it to them because the Knicks are uh, playing as good as anybody in the NBA right, right now. Let's go to Mark. That's true, but the Knicks still have to go out west next week. They've, they're going to win their 10th game in a row tonight. Then yeah. they're going to come back down to earth when they go out west. What's up, Mark? Let's hope. Hey, gentlemen. Uh, it's been a long time. I had a job, and I haven't been able to get in contact with you guys like I used to, but good hearing you guys and i believe the Cavs are a good team this isn't their year uh the knicks been struggling for centuries so <laughs> that means they're more hungrier than the Cavs, in my opinion it's experience you're right and, and none of us are saying that the Cavs are going to win it all this year but when you sure. get to a certain point you go back to the lebron years and you say okay now we're relevant again why can't we win it all I agree with you, Mark. We're not going to win this thing this year. But I expect to see. We demand to see better. Okay. And also, and Kenny, love both you guys to death. I go back all the way to 850, all the way, oh, oh WBSK, all that stuff. Look here. Right. What is your opinion on LeBron's text as far as Browning being better than any uh, guard? Well, not any guard, but most. he seemed better guard. His son is playing better basketball than a professional. I don't agree with that, and he has a long way to go. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say that. I, the way I read things was he felt his son was getting slighted based on the other kids in his high school graduating class going to the uh, McDonald's All-American game and how they have everybody ranked. And now there's, you know, there are some reports that say uh, NBA-wise he could be a top-10 pick, mm -hmm. definitely a lottery pick. And if you've seen his son, he's bulked up too. So, you know, it's nice when you have dad's money like that, that you can have a, a personal trainer probably in the weight room at home that LeBron has and the basketball court that LeBron has. So I, I get where he's coming from. Right now it's down to three colleges. But I think what LeBron is doing is trying to build his son's um, resume up so when he goes to that All-American game, the McDonald's All-American game, then maybe a, a team like Kansas or Duke or one of the you know current Blue Bloods uh, might consider taking him instead of just Oregon, USC, or Ohio State. I understand that, but one thing about it, who's going to show up, LeBron or Savannah for that uh, state uh, playoff run that he's in because he has to grow another ooh, couple inches to really be uh, I guess a, another prodigy. What is he, 6'3 now? And, and what better endorsement to have than the greatest player arguably in the world uh, touting you and saying that I watched the rest of the teams on the NFL or NBA League Pass, and from what I've seen right now, my son's as good, if not better, than most of the guys I watch. That's what he tweeted I, out. 
Right. I agree with that. And all he has to do is add another number to the LeBron James shoes, and he's set for life. <laughs> They're Thank already you guys. set. <laughs> nice talking to you guys. Thanks, Mark. You're the best. Hey, we've got breaking news right now in the NFL. All right, what do we the got? The Ravens placed a non-exclusive franchise tag on uh, their quarterback per multiple reports. Uh, this sends things into further doubt now because it's a non-exclusive tag, which means apparently somebody can match it. $32 million non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. Leaves the door open for teams to swoop in for a superstar quarterback. So I think one of the reasons they did that is they will get compensation should he sign somewhere. Is that part of this franchise? See, I don't know all the the ins and outs of the franchise tag. I know the restricted tenders. Mm -hmm. That involves a a future draft pick. If somebody were to come in and and offer, uh, you know, your running back or your quarterback more money and you decline to match it and they go sign elsewhere, then you get compensated. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that has anything to do with that, but – uh, maybe this buys them some more time by doing that because, uh, you know, you've made your offer and, and now, uh, you know, the ball's in his court to accept that offer or we don't know behind closed doors if they're telling him, well, go see if you can get a trade. It says the non-exclusive tag allows him to negotiate with other teams. There you go. That's what that does then. So this gives him freedom to go say, all right, um, uh, New York Jets, you interested in me? Uh, Green Bay Packers, you interested in me? Houston Texans, you interested in me? And if not, uh, and then, he just sits there and collects his $32 million. Right, and, and has to play this year, or he can poor, sit out. He doesn't have to play, poor right? Poor guy, poor guy. Yeah, it's rough, man. Yeah, let's see. I can either sit out and do nothing, or I can play and make $32 million and, uh, you know, maybe uh, get a contract in the middle of the season when I start playing really well, and now I got them up against the barrel. But he pulls a Rodney. Oh, I think it's broke and just sits out the whole year and makes his $32 million. He did that down the stretch, didn't he? <laughs> On WHBC. On WHBC.